rise up on our feet wherever we are, please. That last song says there won't be any lie that he won't tear down. Any wall that he won't climb over, he won't break down just to come after you. So I want to pray a prayer this morning which is in line with the word we're going to hear. That God will tear down every lie in the name of Jesus today. God needs to get to somebody. God needs to get to me. He needs to get to you. So every lie that you've spoken to yourself, God is going to tear down today because it needs to get to you. Every word that you've raised so that God can get to you, so that his word can get to you, so that the fruit can get to you, God is going to break down today in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your hand one more time. Begin to pray that God tear down every lie, every word tear down. Let your word find me today where I am. Father, I submit my heart to you this morning. Let your word, let your word find me. In your love and in your mercy, find me today. Every lie tear down, oh God. Lies that are spoken about myself. Lies people are spoken towards me. Tear them down this morning. Let your word find me. Let your word find me. In your mercy, in your love, Father, every wall break down, break down, break down this morning. Lord, in the name of Jesus, transform me, change me this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we are prayed. Come on, celebrate God with a clap offering this morning. Come on, celebrate Him, celebrate Him. Celebrate him. Praise the Lord. Why don't you welcome somebody to your right, to your left? Let them know that they're looking beautiful, they're looking good, they're looking handsome. Appreciate the glory of God on their lives. Come on. If you think they are new, welcome them to church. We want to welcome our online family wherever you're worshiping, your bedroom, your sitting room, at work. Wherever you are international, we welcome you. Somebody, let's celebrate our online family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise the Lord. We want to welcome you to another impact service of this uh, ministry. The impact service is powered by the young adults of this ministry that our parents in the Lord has graciously given us a platform every month. So let's celebrate our pastors. Come on, let's celebrate. I celebrate daddy and mommy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. That was a, that was a really powerful song. Um, two of the songs that they gave is directly linked to this message, and that tells you God has a plan for somebody. Amen. See, that last prayer, song and prayer, is powerful because the greatest lie that sometimes we live by is the lie that we tell ourselves. That lie could be born out of different things. It could be born out of you trying to survive. That lie could be born out of somebody speaking into your life. That lie could just be born out of what you have imbibed in the environment. And for God to get to somebody today, this morning, he needs to break down that lie. And for some of us, we have erected walls, fences, as a defense mechanism to, for, to cope in life, whatever that is. Right? 
Some of you look really beautiful on the gram. You look beautiful on social media. That's your fans. God needs to get to somebody this morning. So, so again, speak over yourself. God, break down every fence. God, 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 break through every lie. Get to me this morning, oh Lord. Get to me this morning, oh Lord. Well, let's open our Bibles to um, Genesis 22, 15 to 18. And we're going to see how God is going to get through to somebody this morning. Praise the Lord. Genesis 22, 15 to 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Heavenly Father, breathe on your word. Do that which only you can do. Open our eyes. Open our heart. Transform and change us. Let none, O oh God, live as they came today. Bless, deliver, uplift, encourage. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to speak on a topic called Give It Up. The pathway to flourishing relationship. Somebody tell your neighbor, give it up. Give it up. Turn to another neighbor says, give it up. Give it up. Uh, now, now, we're going to do some teaching because I want to establish a foundation of what this message is about. Now, as it is our custom in the next ministry, we have a monthly theme, right? And for this month, we normally deal with relationships, right? Now, when we begin to talk about relationships here, it's of different kind, and the Lord will speak to you, but primarily we could be referring to marital relationships for those who are married, and for those who are not, as singles, uh, it could be the relationship you are in to get married, and for those who are, you know, not in any of those phases, it could be any of those relationships, friendship, parents, whatever that is, the Lord will be able to speak to you concerning that relationship. So again, we're speaking on give it up, the pathway to flourishing relationships. So let me establish some things based on the story that we just, um, we just read. Now, this is again a familiar story, but uh, in my journey, the Lord takes the, the familiar and it brings out a revelation from there, right? So we are all very familiar with the story of Abraham and Isaac. And before he was Abraham, he was Abraham, right? And Abraham meant the exalted father, right? And then Abraham is what? The father of... Okay, th thank you, Bible study students. Let's do it again. Abraham is exalted father, and Abraham is father of nations after God pronounced over him. And there's a reason why I quickly established that. So before God spoke to him in Genesis 22, 15 to 18... And starts talking about, you know, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to establish your seed. We see a situation where God had given him uh, a son. Now, God initially spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. They're going to put that up. And Bible says, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house. He says, to a land that I will show you. So I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. 
and I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. He said, I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the first time God was making a promise uh, to Abraham in chapter uh, 12. And then, of course, we go over to 22. All of a sudden, he asked um, of Abraham this promise that he had given him after he had given him this child. He asked him, give me back this child. Now, when you read that again, let's again lay some foundations. This is always interesting. When God initially promised him that he was going to have a child, he was about 75. And eventually, he had a child at 99. Okay? Now, I asked myself, if you read verse 1 of chapter 22, if they put it up there, It says, after these things, God decided to test Abraham's faith. God said to him, Abraham, and he said, yes. Another version said, God decided to see how Abraham would trust him. Right? So now we have two things. There's an aspect of faith. There's an aspect of trust. Now, don't jump into conclusion, because the next thing I ask myself is, if God said of Abraham in Genesis 18, 19. He says, for I know him. <laughs> so God, if you know him, why are you testing him? God, if you know him, why are you trying to figure out if he trusts you? Now you all understand that God doesn't just do things for doing sake. So let's read uh, Genesis 18, 19 together. He says, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of. So let's think for a second. God already made a declaration about who he believes Abraham is. It's an amazing thing if God can speak and say, I know you. Almost the same thing he did to Jacob. He did to Job, right? He says, have you seen? Have you seen? When God becomes proud of you, he knows you. But yet, the same God says, I need to test him. So, so, I wouldn't say I was confused. I was curious. And that's what you need to do with the scripture. If you've already said, you know him. Not only did he talk about knowing him in, in 19, it says, I know him so much that he would let his household lift up, live after the precepts of God. Now, for you to be able to let your household follow God is because you are following God. Right? Your children cannot do what they don't see you doing. Your children cannot be what you are not. So, for God to say, I know he's going to do this to his children is because God already knows this is who he is. This is what he does. And so, I say, oh God, so why are you testing him? Why are you talking about you want to see if you trust him? So, and this is the revelation and this is going to link to the message we're going. A lot of us believe God. Either because you were born into a Christian home. Or it is just a normal thing to believe God. And so God all of a sudden opened my eyes to understand the fact that there's a difference between believing in God <laughs> and trusting God. I'm going to try to drive it home for you. 
And I'm going to be practical about this. Most of you believe God, but your demonstration of not trusting God comes to when you question God when he gives you a specific direction. Let me hit the singles real quick. You believe God, but then when it comes to relationship, you have to rely on your wisdom or the wisdom of men because it's a normal thing for you to have sex with somebody. But yet you believe God. I know you guys may not be happy with me, but But I'm going somewhere, and I'm not just calling out that just to call it out, but I'm going somewhere, and I only use them as, use them as an example. What happens to us is we believe God, but we demonstrate a lack of trust in God when we start to question him. When we start to say that doesn't make sense. In the very story of Abraham, what God was trying to do was to see a different level of relationship and trust that Abraham had for him. He already knew Abraham believed him. If I ask everybody here, (laughs) even those who are not saved, do you believe in God? Everybody will say what? But God is demanding something higher than that. Oh, God, help me drive this message home. So I'm going to quickly jump ahead so I'm not dragging this. God spoke to Abraham. And this is what God wanted to bring out and is bringing out to you. God promised Abraham a what? A son. And God decides to test him by taking what he gave to him. Can I shock somebody? Abraham did not go to God. Abraham, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't see anywhere where he said, hey God, I need this. I don't remember seeing a scripture. See, this is why you should salute pastors because when you see a 45 minutes message, for some people it's a 10-hour study. So this message has been going on for about two weeks. As a reason I didn't put up slides because I couldn't figure it out. So, so I said, I'm not doing slides if I don't know what I'm doing. So then I asked, I said, so I'm just going to tell you. You want to get married and you think it is your idea to get married, but God was the one that established marriage. And so even though that marriage has not come yet, you are questioning him, thinking that he doesn't have your best intention in mind, but yet he's the one that decided that marriage is good. So God told Abraham, I am going to give you a son. And then God says, give me that son. Let me do that again. 
God was the one that promised him a son. God was the one that said, in your seed, I will bless. You become father of nations. Please, did Abraham say, God, make me father of nations? Did he? Okay. Follow me. God told him. See, what happens with us is, all of a sudden, we think it's our plan. We think we figured it out. And so, all of a sudden, we start to struggle to say, hey, God, this is actually my plan. This is actually what I want to do. Um, this thing, it is me that is trying to make it happen. But when you look at the story of Abraham, it was God that promised it. And so when he was now trying to teach Abraham, said, I'm the one that said I'm going to give you a child. I'm the one that said I'm going to make you father of nations. Now, there was a time that Abraham was like, Abraham was like, God, you know, you did say this. God encouraged him again. But it's amazing that when God said, give me that son, Abraham did not question. Abraham did not say anything. Abraham did not say why. Abraham did not do anything to challenge God. But Abraham demonstrated the fact that God, who promised to make me father of nations, I didn't wake up to want to become a father of nations. God made that promise. If he made that promise, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I can ask for or think. So why am I saying this? I'll go back to the singles. God is the author of marriage. God is the one that said a man should not what? Okay. Somebody please show me where Adam woke up and said, ah, God, you are not doing good. I'm lonely. See all these animals. You can't even make one that has two legs like me. Just change a bit of the body features, right? So that me and her can. Who decided that? Help me. Who decided that? So when God has decided on some blessing for you, when God has decided on a particular future for you, and then you decide that this future and this blessing that God said he was going to give me, it only makes sense for me to try to figure it out myself. And oh, by the way, I'm going to use my own principles. So God... Now, you don't make sense. You say you're going to give me a wife, a husband. I'm going to try to help you. Because you need help. You are, you are slow. You are wasting my time. You need help. So, so I'm going to help you. And then part of the way I'm going to help you is I'm going to come up with my own set of rules. Because my rules make sense. Yours doesn't make sense. And so part of the sense is I'm just going to get a fine guy. Six pack. No, that, hey, 
I'm not hating. I don't have one. It's not a bad thing. Hey, good for you. And then part of what you add to it is you say, you know what? I hear the word says for me to keep a good relationship, I need to have sex and intercourse. And trust me, trust me, I know. And you guys probably would have heard me mention it a number of times. This is not the message or the session to, to dive deep into those things. I'm using that as an example. Okay, I'll leave you singles alone. I apologize. Let me go to my people who are married. Married people say, yeah. Okay, so let me come to the married people, right? We've established that you and I are not the one that established marriage. But yet, you choose to use your own principles in marriage. God has set out some very clear principles in the Bible. Very clear. Again, today is not the day, so I'm just going to touch on a few. But where I'm actually going is the fact that if God is the one that established something, if God is the one that promised you something, why would you think that by your own way, by your own wisdom, by the wisdom of the world, that is how you're exactly going to operate in this blessing or bring this blessing to yourself? So let me finish establishing what happened to Abraham here and then we would go to the message because this is the pre-message, then we go to the message. So Abraham gave up Isaac. Now this is what happened when Abraham did that. Number one, it established the promise of God. I can tell you that even though God had promised him, if Abraham did not do what God wanted him to do right before he established that promise, it will be a different story today. So, Abraham's sacrifice of giving up Isaac. And somebody says, did he give up Isaac? Well, if you go to Hebrews 11, you would see there where the Bible talks about in his heart. He did that already. He, he did that. That's all God was looking for. That he was going to give it up. He did that already. And it was immediately after he did that, that God actually established that promise. Now, so the first thing that did was it established the promise of God by what Abraham did. So God made a promise, but then that promise was established by sacrifice. Number two, it demonstrated that he trusted God. God needed that level that you trust me for him to actually be able to truly now let Abraham walk into the blessing that he has for him. There are some of you, again, if God can't trust you, there are wonderful sisters God is raising, wonderful brothers God is raising, but then God is asking that, can I trust you with my daughter? Can I trust you with my son that I'm raising? Right? And for those who are already married, then you should look at yourself in the mirror and say, have I been trustworthy enough with the gift of the woman and the gift of the man that God has given me? So we'll leave it there because that's not the message. Now, this very last one was very powerful. Right? The third thing that happened is the blessing, the seed was multiplied. Let's, let's, let's do something real quick. Right? So, I want to compare two verses. Please pull up for me 
pull up for me Genesis 12, right? 1 to 3. So we're going to compare something, and then you're going to see what happened here. Right? So it says, get out of your country from your father and from your uh, father's house to a land that I will show you. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Right? And I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. It says, I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. Okay. So you can see the fact that Abraham there, Abraham there, he was not Abraham yet, he was Abraham, right? God says he will bless him. So you could go back to verse 2. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, right? Okay, so mark that. Now let's compare that to Genesis 22, 17. It says, blessing, I will bless you. Right? Very similar, but watch. In multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. Just pause. This is the first time he starts to talk about this multiplication on his seed. Before the sacrifice, before him giving that which God requested, God says, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. But in this verse, it says, multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sun of the sea, uh, which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy. Go to verse 18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. There's a multiplication to that which you give God. Let me say that again. There is a multiplication that God does when you give him that he asks of you. Some of you, God is asking regarding your marital relationship, is asking for it in terms of let me speak to you how to handle your wife. Let me speak to you how to handle your husband. Let me speak to you how you'll be humble in this home. He's asking for it so that it can multiply the joy. It can multiply destiny fulfillment in that home. That you do not do it your way. Until you give it to him, he's unable to multiply it. Okay, so let's go to the real message. I have 17 minutes more. Praise the Lord. So just like Abraham gave that relationship to God, and in doing that, it established the promise of God. It demonstrated he trusted God. He multiplied the seed. So in the same way, I want to speak to you on just four things real quick. So I've, I've been able to establish that. So I want to speak to you real quick on four things that you should give up. Tell your neighbor four things to give up. All may apply to you. Some may apply to you. There's probably many more, but I'm just going to focus on four. Number one, I want you to give up your ugly past. Tell somebody, give up your ugly past. Isaiah 43, 19. Let's use the message translation. Isaiah 43, 19. If you don't have the message, just put maybe new King James. But I'll read the message here. It says, forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. 
be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's busting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in badlands. We'll stop there. God is asking somebody to give up their ugly past. When that song says, it's going to tear down lies and tear down walls to, to get to me. The past traumas that a lot of us have gone through, either through different relationships that we've been, right? Um, for a lot of us, it has created this lie that we're using to keep ourselves from being hurt. A lot of us have raised fences of defense based on the things that have happened in past relationships. Traumas, disappointments, betrayers, people have hurt us. And God is asking somebody to give that up. Some people can't get into relationships now because of their bad experience. And, and, and I understand. I, I, I do. I understand not because I've necessarily been there, but I, I understand your position. But what God is saying to you is, if you don't give it up, if you don't give that to me, then the plans that I have for you, I can't take that, make it into something that becomes part of your story that you can use for God's glory. I can't multiply it in terms of taking it, tearing it down and actually giving you something good for you to actually emerge and start a new life. This is a true saying that I want to give to you, but you may say, oh, preacher, I'm hearing you're talking about Abraham, Isaac. There's some, there's some love there. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Do you know some people love their traumas? You know why I say so? When you love something, you protect it, right? Some people protect their past. They protect the trauma they've gone through. That's why I say you love your trauma. You love your pain. You love your hurt so much that you hold it back. In fact, I'll tell you why you love it. You don't show it. In fact, you don't talk about it. And so until you give that up, God can't take it, change it, transform it. Okay, for those who are married, you keep defining that man based on the hurt somebody has done to you 25 years ago. You've never addressed it. There are women here who still deal with their husband from the trauma from their father. There are men who deal with their, hus with their wives based on the trauma from their mothers. There are men and women here who in their hearts, their childhood is still crying. And because you have not dealt with it, <laughs> let me tell you, every trauma that you don't deal with, that you don't give to God, it's a matter of time it's going to show up. It's a matter of time it's going to show up. Okay, let me leave that. So tell somebody, give up your ugly past. 
Stop building your future on your past. Second, <laughs> give up ungodly and unrealistic expectations. You know, one thing that I've learned, and by the way, I'll be married this year for, for those who may wonder what uh, this young man talking marriage. I'll be married 20 years this year. Thank you. You can scream. 20 years is not, uh, where I come from, they say it's not my moi. And I've known her for, I think, almost 30 years. So, so, so I, know, I know a little something, just, just a little bit, a little something. And one of the things I came to learn, and I still learn, is that regardless of how I try, I am not a mind reader. I don't know. Pastor is very anointed. Pastor may, he may read minds. Pastor, do you read minds? <laughs> we are not mind readers. This is part of the expectations we have to deal with. Again, this is not the day. We are bringing... Uh, uh, we have a, a couples program coming up. I'm so thankful. Let's, let's clap our hands for Pastor. We're bringing uh, one of my favorite um, people when it comes to that topic, the Ocon course. They are coming. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time. I'm sure we're going to dive deep into that. But I just use that quick example to talk about some of the things that we have to give up to God. Right? Unrealistic expectations. Singles, I don't even want to go into that. I, I, don't, I don't want to go into that. I don't want, I'm going to get in trouble. I, I don't want to go into that. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just going to have to figure out a way to say this. Be careful. <laughs> All the expectations you guys are setting up. Um, be, be very careful. Some of it is very funny. And so if you say, I'm old school. Uh, that's not fair because, you know, I'm still close to you guys. <laughs> but please, when did diamond rings that cost somebody's... <laughs> I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't go there. You say I should go there. Okay, they said that. <laughs> when the diamond rings that cost somebody's half year salary has to be the thing. Let me give you guys a joke. So I saw this video. <laughs> oh, goodness. I saw this video, and it's a policewoman and a policeman. And uh, the guy was asking advice from the lady. He said, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get a ring, and um, is $4,000 okay? <sighs> the lady said, No. It has to start from 10000 <laughs> I was about to ask, Madam, how much do you make? <laughs> but hey, onto, onto each his own. But the point is, obviously, if you can afford it, hey, knock yourself out. But the point is, what are some of the unrealistic expectations that we're having? And the thing you have to ask yourself is Why? There's such a long list. I'm, I'm not going to go into, into it. What I want to encourage you guys to do is 
let the expectation be grounded on godly principles. Value, character, godliness, right? Things that are more internal. He may not be able to get you a $2,000 ring, but maybe in five years he'll get you $20,000. Okay? Okay, I'll stop because I'm about, I'm about 27 years removed from giving a ring or something, so I got to still do one on my 20th, but still, even if I do one that is extremely expensive, man, she deserves it, so it's uh, 20 years of putting up with this, so, but, so I just want to encourage you guys, just kind of think about things, and what you find out is the expectation is put on you unknowingly by your environment, right, you know, and so, Rise above that. Rise above that. <laughs> and it's from generation to generation, right? And, and so rise above, I'm going to leave that. Rise above that. But give up your ungodly and unrealistic expectation. Married people, we are not mind readers, right? Tell us, right? Help out the men. I know we are supposed to be all of this, but men and women, just let's leave that. We'll, we'll leave it for, because me and you, we still see every day. When Pastor Konko comes, he comes for a couple of days and he leaves. So he can tell you, he can tell you the hard truth. Right? So let's give up unrealistic uh, expectation. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. The third thing I want you to give up is give up your fear. Give up your fear. Fear of I'm succeeding, either in relationships, marriage, give up your fear, right? Um, the, the one thing that I heard somebody say about it is the fact that you should consider the possibility of what you may miss out in the future God has for you. Now, fear in one way or the other may always be there, right? Even for me, stepping on this podium, you would always have those little jitters, believe it or not. But I have to do it. Right? Even though I enjoy doing it, it's always weird. But then, I say what the assignment has been given unto me is greater than my fear. So your future, when you look at the future possibilities ahead of you, you must be able to see far enough so that what you could possibly miss by not taking that step that is currently making you fearful is going to be far greater and you may even regret it for you to say, you know what? Let me take this chance because the possibility ahead of me is so great that I don't want to regret in the future. So, 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 so young woman who has decided, hey, no more relationships, right? Uh, married people who have decided, hey, um, I'm going to protect myself and not show love as I'm supposed to. Consider the joy that God potentially has ahead of you. And see if you can take a step of faith beyond your fear. Does that make sense? All right. The last thing I want you to give up is give up your pride. Romans 12.3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. 
you should be an approachable person. If you are single <laughs> and we can't easily say hi to you, you are going to be in singles ministry for a while. <laughs> you are. And you know the funny thing? People can smell pride. <laughs> and you know the funny thing about African people? Once they smell it, they just avoid you. All of a sudden, you just be ocean on your own. And you know the weird thing? People will be standing once you enter there. <laughs> we'll see next week. Just People can be a nice person. Anybody should be able to walk up to you to say hi. For more importantly, you should be able to walk up to people to say hi, to say hello. Do not think highly of yourself than you ought to think. Give up pride. Tell your neighbor per adventure. Tell them, give up pride. They don't, they don't, they don't pay money for it. Though. Praise the Lord. Husband's wife. <laughs> so one big thing that we keep dealing with in home is pride. In marriages, is pride. It's pride. I'll leave that one alone. I'll tell you one way to deal with it, though. <laughs> I dare you to ask God if you're a prideful person. I dare you. In your prayer closet, ask God. That's, I'll leave it as that. As a married man, ask God. As a married woman, ask God. See me next week. Let me know what he tells you. <laughs> and if you're looking at me funny, God is already... Um, Dealing with your heart. There's, there's so much pride. So much pride. Let me leave it. Let me leave it. Praise the Lord. Let me leave it. Let's rise up on our feet. Praise the Lord. Let's rise up on our feet. So we talked about give it up the pathway to flourishing relationships. The fact that Abraham, in giving up Isaac, it established the promise that God gave to him. He demonstrated his trust in God, and it multiplied the seed. And then I challenge you to give up four things. Give up your past, your ugly past. Give up ungodly and unrealistic relationship. Again, you are giving all this to God so that God can transform it. God can multiply it in a way that becomes something that he wants for you. Give up your fear. Give up your pride. Let's pray. Let's bow down our heads. Before we pray, if, uh, today you would like to give your life to Christ, wherever you are, I'm just making a simple call to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ or to rededicate your life. Just raise up your hands wherever you are. We'll pray with you. I won't call you out. Just indicate real quick. Just indicating to God and you can put your hands down. 
right? Even if you don't do that, let's bow our hands. I'll take us through that prayer. We could pray together. You prayed wherever you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Father, oh God, we submit ourselves to you. Father, we pray, oh God, that you save and transform us. We confess, oh God, that Jesus is indeed the Son of God and he died for my sins. And so, Father, by the reason of the blood, forgive me of my sins. Accept me into the kingdom of your dear Son. For in Jesus' name I pray. All right, let me pray for us as we uh, close. Mighty Father, I want to give you thanks and praise for this word. Touch somebody's heart. Change somebody's heart. Challenge somebody. Lift somebody up. And let our lives, Lord, reflect your grace and your mercy. For in Jesus' name we pray. Why don't we celebrate God with a clap offering if you're blessed? If you're blessed.